since the beginning of time, people have communicated through stories. Okay, just kidding. Objectively, that would be a pretty awful hook for this podcast episode or really any piece of content. But intros like that run wild in the content marketing world. I think it's time to put an end to bad blog post intros. Let's talk about how. You're listening to the Content Head Podcast with me, Joe Michalowski. Every week I dive into one big idea that's come up in my day-to-day while leading content in B2B SaaS. Listen in for lessons and rants about working through the challenges of being a lean content team in the do-more-with-less environment we all find ourselves in. Thanks for joining me to nerd out about content. Let's get into it. When I was in college, I worked in the writing center as a tutor helping other students with their papers. A lot of freshmen just coming in, kind of writing their first college papers. And for an hour session, I'd sit down, I'd spend the first 10 minutes or so reading through their work, taking notes on the paper, kind of getting myself ready to direct them down a different path or explain like how to strengthen the writing. And time and time again, I'd have a big line through like the first sentence. And people always started their their papers with, since the beginning of time, man has blah, 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 whatever the topic was. It's dry, it's way too broad, and it sets you up for writing that's basically just going to lay out some facts about the world, not really arguing anything. And maybe that can get you by with like an average college paper, but it's not that great in the content marketing world, and this writing plagues B2B blog posts. I see it all the time. And so one of the problems that kind of makes this happen is a blind emphasis on SEO. Uh, It's kind of created this epidemic of beginner content or like Jay Akunzo would call it commodity content. And this kind of stuff just basically offers like simple top level information about a topic. Uh, what is X? Why is X important? What is a good X benchmark? Why steps to X, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the, the general SEO outline. And just about any content writer can check those boxes off. Do a little research, grab your Google research hat on, and you really don't need any experience in the field. And if you check all the boxes, you optimize through something like a clear scope, or you or you also kind of go through and make sure the header structure is correct. If you check all the necessary boxes, it'll probably rank. And so, you know, you can get to go and you say, oh, well, we made it to page one, like mission accomplished. But will that kind of content really resonate with your audience? Now, if you're writing to the absolute beginner, someone who's maybe never heard of what you're talking about, sure, maybe. But if you're selling, you know, five, like 10K, 15K, 20K plus contract value products to senior level employees, C-level employee, like uh, leaders, things like that, yeah, probably not going to resonate. And so we need to figure out what to do instead. And so let's go back to the discussion about introductions. So whether it's the college paper, that first line, or what I mentioned off the top, kind of my since the beginning of time example, the content marketing version of since the beginning of time to me is something like this. According to the American Society of Professional Professionals in a certain field, parentheses, whatever the acronym might be, 40% of executives are thinking about this topic. You'll see that all the time. To be honest, in earliest in my career, I can remember writing something along those lines many, many times. But now it's become one of my really like biggest pet peeves in content. And we think in our heads, oh, people love stats. They're very convincing. That must be a good hook for my content. But those stats are so toothless. Like they're 
and sometimes they're just not even they're not even convincing. Like if it's a low percent, if it's middling percentage, you know, fifty five percent of people do this. Well, it means forty five percent don't do that. So really, is it convincing anyone of anything? And so again, maybe if someone's completely unaware of the topic, it'll like kind of hook them in. But if you have an audience of non beginners, like most kind of higher ACV SaaS companies do, really, I really doubt that that's going to pull them in. And so what I want to kind of compare this to is an article that I used to cite six years ago. It was like 2017, I think. And Andy Raskin, who's a really great follow, by the way, wrote an article called The Greatest Sales Pitch I've Seen All Year. And it was when Drift, kind of, you know, chatbot extraordinaire, was making its pitch for this idea of conversational marketing. That's when they first started it. And so it starts off with this slide, and I think it's, it must be Dave Cancel that gave the pitch. But all it is is a picture of a woman sleeping with an iPhone in her hand. And the line they kind of go with is, the typical business buyer is so connected now that she practically sleeps with her phone. 2017, proliferate. Like, no one needed to tell you that, you know, 78.7% of business executives say they use a smartphone according to Gartner, whatever it might be. Like, you don't need that like if if that were the start of the the pitch maybe you know it's kind of a middle of the road success story but i don't think it would have been an article kind of or setting up for an article called the greatest sales pitch i've seen all year no way and so raskin goes on to explain that drift does a great job of kind of naming an enemy teasing a promised land a lot of stuff that we're not going to get into we're going to focus on the hook part so there's a lot more that goes into it than just this one line that sets the scene but you should be able to create content that's more along the lines of so much resonance just from a picture in one line versus like the commodity, here's a stat I found with a quick Google search. And so surely you must understand where I'm coming from. And so I think there are three three ways that I want to talk about kind of improving your hooks. And, you know, the, this we're talking specifically about blog posts. There's a, a concept here that, you know, if you follow like Erica Schneider. She's done an amazing job talking about hooks on LinkedIn. And so that's that's a separate ballgame when you're talking about different social platforms. The, the main idea, like what grabs people's attention, holds true. So if you go read her stuff and she's talking about hooks, follow it for sure. If you're talking about blog posts, like you're not stopping the scroll. They've gotten to your website and like, yes, you need to keep them there. Uh, but I think the stakes are a little bit lower compared to, you know, trying to fight through the the social algorithms and things like that. So as far as blog posts go, number one, we want to know exactly who the audience is. So for example, in my job at Mosaic, you know, we write for finance leaders, but we don't just write for B2B SaaS finance leaders. When I write an article or when I edit an article, I'm thinking of senior finance leaders at early stage and growth stage B2B SaaS startups operating either alone or with a very small team. That extra context with very like comes with very specific pain points about the job and those pain points are kind of what i think you need to resonate with in your intro so when you write that first line you don't want to try to appeal to their logic you want to appeal to the emotion of like oh they they understand me the reader not just they're writing about sass in general and so you want to get to that like core nugget of who the audience is, who that one person is, and what their personal experience is with the topic that you are discussing. I think that is really important to writing something that is right off the bat, hey, like this person gets me when I read this article, they are going to apply it 
in a way that addresses my needs. So number two, once you know your audience, kind of weaving in personal experience where possible. Again, like I'm after as I'm kind of recording this, I'm coming right off of watching Jay Akunzo's keynote speech at Content Marketing World from 2023. Uh, it just came out, got an email about it. And, you know, it, it's this whole spiel about not just being the best, but being their favorite. And his whole idea there is really just weaving in that personal experience. What is it about your unique perspective or your day-to-day experiences? He calls them LLMs, not the AI ones, but your little life moments. Those are things that, you know, the commodity content can't copy. So whether it's you personally writing a blog post for like the company blog or you're ghostwriting for someone else, how can you connect the content to a concept or a story from, you know, somebody's personal life? So if you're getting subject matter expertise, like input from the CEO or the COO, can you prompt them to give you like a a story about a real life experience they had with the topic? If you can connect emotionally like that, Instead of just the facts, instead of the stats, you're going to have a way better time, like easier time of connecting with somebody and really keeping them on the page than if you just said like, oh, well, did you know that everybody today has uh, Excel? It was like, yeah, everybody's using spreadsheets and finance. Like we, we get it. We can move on from that. And so number three, the intro is, you know, we're talking about kind of like the the hook or like that that first line, but the intro is all the way up until... What I think you, everybody should have is a, a thesis statement. And so when I was working at Animals, that, that was kind of the two components you needed an outline. You needed the hook, which is like, how are we going to hook people? And then the thesis. So like whether you have four sentences in between or one sentence or no sentences, there needs to be the hook at the top and it needs to connect and ladder down to your thesis statement, your point of view, the argument that you're trying to get across in the article. And so if you're just writing for basic search intent, if you're writing like if you're just churning out like AI articles just to to rank, like, yeah, maybe you'll just have like a bunch of what is, why, like all those very simple kind of check the box headers. But ideally, like you're taking that and you're like, okay, like I'm gonna cover that and then I'm gonna go beyond it. And so what is the point you're trying to get across other than the basic info? And if you're writing for expert level people, like, sure, like, you know, check your boxes with the search stuff. But how are you going to set yourself up in the intro to kind of get people propelled through the article so that they can get to the point where they understand what you're actually trying to say that's different from the status quo? Because going against the status quo, not just for the sake of doing it, but for actually like having a point, that is where content makes a difference for people. And so that is what I think you need to do to kind of write a better introduction to not do the since the beginning of time version of whatever it is you're writing about. And as always, I just want to leave with a few sort of like summary nuggets uh, outside of my my ramblings and stories. So first little nugget is like, think simple, not basic. So when I was at Animals, there was this idea of we had to write for like ELI five, explain it like I'm five. It's a good mantra as long as you keep the audience in mind. So there was a time where you know, I'm writing for an audience of CFOs and they, there was like a rule, like you always had to spell out acronyms because explain like I'm five. If I say like your ERP system is broken, well, what what's an ERP system? A, a CFO doesn't need you to say your enterprise resource planning, parentheses, ERP system, they live in that thing. Like they don't need you to do that. And so 
simple, you know, they want a pleasant reading experience. They want it to be easy to consume. They want the ideas to be clearly conveyed. But that doesn't mean just provide the most basic level of information because you just kind of hurt your your credibility with the audience. They're going to think, oh, like this is a, a junior person writing to me, a senior person. They don't get me. And so, you know, maybe a little bit controversial, but I think think simple, not basic is, is important here. Second nugget, the thesis is everything in your introduction and just your content as a whole. It's like, ask yourself, why are you creating this piece of content? And if the answer is to rank for such and such keyword, go back to the drawing board and think about like why you picked that keyword. So yes, like we all understand like you you are distributing through Google. We want to rank as high as possible. That comes with certain expectations. You need to build the article around search intent because if you just find yourself in like kind of the wishy-washy middle, you're going to have a really weak thought leadership article and a really weak SEO article. And so I think that's towing that line is really important. And the thesis is what helps you do that. It's like, okay, like I'm going to tell you about I don't know, we write a lot of metrics in Mosaic. So I'm going to tell you about the rule of 40. But I'm not just going to tell you about the rule of 40. I'm going to tell you why the rule of 40 is kind of an overrated metric. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. Personally, I think it is, but that's that's a separate podcast. But yeah, so have an actual argument. It might not always be like the most aggressive argument, but it should be, let's call it arguable. So when you say something, it's not universally accepted should be something I can at least like mildly disagree with. So you have a point to get across later on. Um, the third thing, I think it's the most important, is just uh, hook people with emotional resonance, not with dry facts. You wouldn't run off to somebody and try to drum up a conversation by saying like, hey, did you hear about that one stat from Gartner lately? Like, total stranger. It's like, you shouldn't do that in your content either. These people are have never met you in many cases. They're just coming in for the first time and you're just kind of like, I'm going to talk like a robot at them or talk like a, I don't know, like a research paper. Like, no, you're going to, I don't know, bring yourself or bring kind of a personality to, to the table. And again, fine line to walk. Like you're, we're not just making stuff up. We're not just kind of flying blind, especially if you don't actually have the experience, but do whatever you can to put that in there. Even if you're kind of disconnected, like get the SME to, to give you those stories. And so that's really it that I, I think, you know, if we, there's a lot of problems with blog post introductions. There's a lot of problems with B2B blog posts in general. But I think if you think, keep those three things in mind, keeping it simple, not just basic, knowing the audience and really having an argument that resonates at an emotional level, I think you're going to be in much better shape than if you are just trying to check the box of, you know, I just need like four sentences to get us into this blog post. So I hope this is helpful. And if you have questions, I'd love to hear from you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Content Head Podcast. One thing before you go, I'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic. Send a note to contentheadshow at gmail.com and let me know what's on your mind. And if you liked the episode, be sure to follow Content Head wherever you listen to your podcast. I'll see you on the next one.